Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, 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 my friends, and welcome to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. I'm always delighted to be here with you, live on the air. I do want to start by thanking each one of you for supporting my show, for making my show popular and featured on Blog Talk Radio. Without you, I cannot continue doing what I do, which is something I'm very passionate about. Uh, so I do want to thank you. I thank for everybody who listened to the show live, archived, and of course for download, downloading the show on iTunes in the podcast. So again, if you are first-time listeners, just a quick background on who I am. I am the finder, the finder and uh, the CEO of Your Life Now. Um, it's a professional life coaching service. I'm uh, certified as a life coach and also a business mentor. And uh, on this show, we try to talk about a lot of different topics that uh, affect our life on professional as well the uh, personal level. And there's a lot of different areas, and I can list some of them, but not limited to our personal growth, professional growth, personal relationship, professional relationship, money, finances, health, career, self-esteem, and overall the quality of life. And I always mention in the beginning, this show is, this show is really intended to be thought-provoking. I do appreciate your comments. If you like to call in the show, if you have questions, make sure you do so. You can call me at 626-213-5773. If you are an international caller or this is a long-distance call for you, Make sure you use Skype from the show page, and I also have the chat room open for your convenience, so you can put your questions or comments there. And one last thing before we get to into our guest in our today's show, I like to set my intention. For those of you who have listened to me in the past, they know I always like to do that. My friends, my intention of doing the show is really to help inspire you. I'd like to help inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you deserve to live. It's really all up to you. So all I have, all I ask from you is to really just have an open mind and an open heart. And please, you know, take some of the information that is useful for you and put it into effect and put it into a place and see if it can help you. And you can always reach me directly by going to either my website at www.coachingbyria.com or just send me an email at infobycoachingbyria.com. Um, uh, coaching All right, my friends, let's get into our show today. And uh, I have a great guest today, as always. I always have great guests, so you always hear me saying that. But this is this is a treat for me. I'm, I'm really glad to have my guest today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, and mainly, you know, he's going to uh, touch on the fact, well, we can go in detail as well, the art of listening. Why is it so important to learn and proficient the art of listening? Because the more you listen, you can be successful in your personal life as well as in your professional life. So help me in um, uh, welcome my guest today, Ken Varga. And let me give you a quick intro. What Ken uh, Ken is a business owner, consultant, lecturer, 
author, and highly acclaimed speaker. Ken had made wealth and businesses. His, his success, he's been successful through his books, manual, courses, seminars, and website, and he also teaches others to do the same thing. Ken had graduated from Rutgers University, and with nearly over half a million customers, that's very impressive, Ken has ventured into 35 businesses, either as an owner, co-owner, investor, consultant, in diverse and existing fields. He has started and developed multi-level marketing firms, a national basketball franchise league, a national job search company. And also, what's really important about, you know, we're going to talk about this because this is very rare to hear this, and even it's even more re- remarkable, the fact that uh, Ken had a bit, he never, ever had a business failure. He's never had a major business setback. That's amazing. He has never had to turn around and redo everything because he started out wrong. I mean, how many of us can say that? I don't know. And so many, um, let me tell you about some of the, the manuals and the books that has, um, Ken has written. He has written the book, How to Get Customer to Call, Buy, and Beg for More, and four other titles for selective markets like medical professionals, attorneys, accountants, multi-level marketers, and much more. He developed a variety of courses, seminars, tape, video, and student and teacher's manuals with overheads and teaching aids for each these fields, each one of these fields. And of course, he has other manuals, how to capture the mind of your customer and get them to say yes. He also written books in, a, in a human, relationship, human relations, how to capture the minds of your kids and get them to do the right things even when you are not looking. How to be, do, and have everything in your life and how to get it. And, you know, of course, I can go on and on. His resume is very impressive, and I'm so excited to have him um, on my show. Welcome, Ken. Thank you for being here, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Ray. Boy, I, 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 <laughs> I, I loved everything you said about me. It's uh uh, it's mind-boggling uh, when I hear it, uh, uh, you know, uh, again and and all. But thank you, thank you, and I thank all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You know, it's really impressive. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to just say everything. I'm hoping that you will continue talking about a little bit more about your, your uh, background, your expertise. And I love one of the things that when I chatted with you, you said at your age, you still – don't know what you're going to be or like in a sense of like you're still growing. And I love that. I think it's, it's, it's an, a really, really refreshing um, to hear someone with your background and, and your success. And, and, and it's amazing to hear you saying that you're still growing and you still can be more. And that's very, very refreshing. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Ray, um, uh, in thinking about it, uh, as you're saying it, um, I, I I have four children, and uh, uh, out of the four, there was only one my one son that, when he was uh, graduating high school, he knew what he wanted to be, and he wanted to finance, went to Villanova, and then went to the University of Chicago and got a double MBA. My other three uh, uh, went to colleges, but uh, changed their majors every year. Uh, in fact, my youngest. Uh, uh, Pamela had uh, uh, graduated from Boston College with a degree in English, and uh, uh, th- three months later, uh, 
uh, we were sitting uh, uh, out by the pool, and uh, she starts crying. And I said, what's the matter, Pam? And she says, Dad, you always said I was going to be a veterinarian, but now it's too late. <sighs> it's never too late. It's never too late, and what have you. And uh, so she went, and uh, uh, she had to do her pre-med student work that she should have done at Boston College. Uh, before she could even apply to veterinarian school. And then when she applied to veterinarian school, she only applied to one. Wow. And, 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 you know, you know, it's so difficult to get into veterinarian school. Some these kids have to wait three to four years before they're even accepted, if they're ever accepted. So, therefore, they applied at 10 or 20. So I said to Pam, I said, Pam, uh, you're only applying towards one school, the Colorado State University of Fort College, uh, where all those fires are now. And um, uh, I said, uh, you've you, you got to spread your risk. She goes, so what you're telling me is everything you taught me all my life is not true? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you always told us we create our own reality. Mm-hmm. We are what we think. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to get in. Ah, okay. to know she was accepted. Oh, how interesting. But, you know, but she limited herself, though. I mean, yes, I, I totally agree with what she was saying to you. You know, like, I'm following what you taught me, which is true. I, I totally believe that. But then you also have to expand, which is what you were referring to, the fact if she had applied to more school of her choice, she will have more choices to pick from. Exactly. That's um, that's great. Well, good for her. That's you know. So you know, we almost hey, it's almost Friday. So let me start by asking you, how was your week? <laughs> oh, I've I've had such a wonderful week. I have uh, my oldest granddaughter Juliana, and they they live outside of Malibu, California. Um, my daughter and her family, and uh, Juliana is going to be going to college. So her father had a business meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday in Cal- in New York City. So they flew in on Sunday, and then on Monday they went to Sarah Lawrence and Vassar uh, for interviews. And then um, uh, he didn't want her to stay in the city alone while, she was, while he was working. So uh, uh, she called us up and asked, her, asked us if she could spend two days with us. Well, she spent Tuesday and Wednesday yesterday with us. And what a pleasure that was, you know, to, to, to be go first of all, to to be asked to, to, for uh, a 16-year-old child to uh, want to spend uh, time with uh, old fogies like their grandparents oh, <laughs> was, was uh-huh. remarkable. And uh, uh-huh. what, she, what, she, what she wanted to do was to uh, 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 us to get some of the albums out to see the pictures and, and everything and, and all. Um so we did that uh, Tuesday afternoon, and then at 5 o'clock we all uh, met at a restaurant. I had my son who lives in Princeton with his three uh, come over there, and my daughter with her two, the veterinarian with her two, uh, live here. So we all had dinner together, and it was a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. Oh, that is great. We had a great weather here in New Jersey for those of us who are local to the area. <laughs> so it's been like yeah, we had a couple then- nice days, too. Yeah, and then and then we uh, 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 went and uh, just took a walk uh, uh, around the, the neighborhood and all like that. And she said to me, they called me Poppy, and she said to me, she goes, Poppy, she says, I got a question for you. What do you think the most important thing in life is? And I, I thought a little bit, and I said, you know, I think I could 
just say it in two two examples because to me there's two important things in life that I've always found very important. Uh, number one, to always love everybody. And and the reason I said Juliana is because it gives you the greatest feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. And when you have that feeling, you'll be healthy all the time because mm-hmm. health is a direct result of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the feeling of love is, is just brings that upon us. And I said the second thing is to always forgive. And that, to me, is the second greatest thing in the world. And uh, she she looked and she smiled and she says, you know, that that, that is great, great Poppy. So, oh. you know, it, it, it was a great two days. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, you know, of course, learning from you, you know, saying these things is so true. But it's not easy for some people, actually. We have talked about this. We actually had a show about how to forgive and, you know, how the connection between, you know, your happiness and, and just hold it in and not, you know, knowing how to communicate with people better. Um, but that's a different show. <laughs> We're going to get, you know, we'll we'll see if we can, you know, elaborate a little bit more about that. But it's, it's so true. I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, if we uh, we learn to love each other more, the happier we are, the better you know, environment we create for ourselves and everybody else around us, and the healthier we are, and if we learn how to forgive, that's another, you know, things. I mean, you know, that's one of the things I always say, you know, like we go to school, we learn so many different things. We have master's degrees, and we have whatever PhD in this and PhD in that, but the basic life, you know, um, skills, we never got taught, you know, in school. And we got thrown in, in um, you know, in uh, in life, and we just kind of like, you know, we just win it. Whatever happens, happens, and we just deal with it, and just things keep expanding, and it goes back to our beliefs and how we were brought up and how we were taught to do things and behave. So, of course, this is, you know, one of the things that I posted today about um, – on, on Facebook today is about how to build, how you take like full responsibility for the for the character that you exhibit today, you know, right now. Are you willing to do that? And what are you doing, you know, to change some of these things that are not working, you know? But obviously that's uh, that's not very uh, um, easy for some people, and they just tend to um, oversee it and 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 not really pay attention to it, but. That's what I do. I love what I do, and I do what I love. <laughs> you know, I try to, like, enlighten people to the sense of, like, you know, are you willing? You know, do you want to change your life? I mean, you heard my intention. It really is true. I want to inspire people to do to change their life by changing what they do. I love Wayne Dyer's when he says, you know, um, and I know he said it from, you know, somebody else had quoted it. It was, you know, change the way you look at things, and the things you look at will change. It has to. Right? Definitely. Instead of getting the same results. So I want to go back into, you know, um, when I was reading your uh, bio, when you had never, ever made a mistake. You know, we all say, you know, like, it's okay to fail, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's uh, but the better, the thing is, like, you need to learn from your failure so you can be better and greater. But what is, how, how did that never happen to you? What's your secret? Well, um, Ray, uh, perhaps we, I ought to qualify that uh, uh, statement. Uh, uh, I, I never had a, a business that failed. Okay. Uh, but, but in the 35 companies I had, uh, you know, I, I really wish back then I, uh, during my 40-some years in business, that I would have had somebody like me to, to, to learn from uh, 
And if I did, I wouldn't have made the mistakes I made. Now, I made mistakes in, in, in doing different things only because I said, well, what, well, let me try this. Maybe this will work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there wasn't anybody to tell me to do the different things like I outline in my books. Uh, but, you know, with, uh, 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 in retrospect, uh, when I think about it, uh, we, we all learn from the mistakes. Absolutely. So I, I would buy something, I would try something, to, you know, and, and it wouldn't work. So then i try something else and it, and it would work. And then I tried something else and it wouldn't work. So, I mean, I had failures in things that I tried to implement uh, to build my business. But I, I, as a result, I had more successes than mistakes. And, and But, yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I've always said to individuals when I talk to them uh, and I, when I talk to my grandchildren is, uh, you know, you've you got to make those decisions. You, you have got to put the... You're never going to get ahead unless you, you move the foot forward. Mm-hmm. And if, Absolutely. if you don't move it forward, you're never going to get anywhere. Uh, uh, and that's that's what I think. You know, a lot of people go through life thinking uh, and being afraid of making a decision and uh, of doing something because they feel that uh, uh, people will laugh at them, uh, uh, you know, uh, something could go wrong, this, that, and all like that. But that's the way we all grow is by the mm-hmm. learning from the mistakes. So what was what was your practice like? What what was some of the things that we can take from you know from someone like you who has been very very successful and continue to be successful? You know, teaching and and implementing manuals and and books and stuff like that. What are some of the things that we can start doing today to help us? You know, get more. Um, I guess you know, uh, aware of, of our mistakes so we can, you know, learn to avoid them or what are some of the tips that you think uh, are valuable in that sense? Well, uh, uh, some of your listeners are in business and some aren't, uh, so let me try to uh, do it on both uh, venues. Uh, if you're in business, uh, one of the things I would uh, say is that um, uh, I, I see too often uh the business being the owner being the business instead of having the time to work on building it and growing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I have found is that marketing is the engine that mm-hmm. keeps a business going. Everything else is pure expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and for individuals uh, uh, that aren't in business, uh, I would just uh, uh, constantly um, uh, say to uh, an individual. Um, you can't learn from something unless you make a decision to do something. If the action is not there, uh, you're never going to learn from whatever could happen. Right. And and to me, uh, I, I every mistake I made, I grew. Uh, not only personally, but I also grew financially. This is the uh, uh, businesses themselves. Uh, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I was very blessed in that uh, uh, I, I, I'll share a personal story with uh, your listeners here. Uh, I grew up in Jersey City, Jersey City New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, well, as your listeners will know now, um, I just turned 70 years old. <laughs> God bless you. Know, like you. I still don't know what I want to be, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, but the, the key thing here is that uh, uh, I grew up uh, uh, handicapped as a child. I, I had uh, 
a disease very similar to cerebral palsy where I had no control of my upper body. And uh, 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 as a result, and this is in the 40s, uh, and there were no schools. Uh, 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 if there were no schools near you for handicapped children, you didn't go to school. Uh, there, there was no such thing as Special Olympics uh, back then or what have you. Uh, you know, and, and fortunately for me, there was a school in Jersey City called the A. Harry Moore School. Uh, in fact, it's right across the street from uh, 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 Jersey City State Teachers College. And uh, I went through eighth grade, eighth, eighth grade there. Uh, and and, and I, I, I used to talk to my mom about the... Uh, uh, the voices I used to hear and, and everything, and she always thought it was imaginary children or what have you. But in essence, uh, this is one of the reasons I believe in uh, guides, uh, because it was my guides, and all of us have guides, by the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whether or not we get attuned to listening to them, and, and as children, we do listen to them. And unfortunately, the older a child gets, the more uh, uh, negative feedback they receive from adults. Right. Uh, and But unfortunately, my mother didn't give me negative feedback. She just went ahead anyway. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, uh, and again, I, I constantly shook. I had no control of my upper body. And uh, one of the guides told me uh, the power that we have in our mind. Mm-hmm. And what it really was, was uh, the guide said, take a finger, will it to stop shaking, go to the next finger, the next one, the next one. And uh, uh, I also envisioned uh, uh, what I would look like graduating the eighth grade, totally normal, and mm-hmm. playing at 40. Mm-hmm. And it all I accomplished it all. And, and, you know, the thing is that I never thought of it as something was happening that was special. It was just that this is the way it was. And, uh, you know, when you had mentioned about the basketball team, when I had the basketball team, a lot of the newspapers reported asked me about how did I play basketball in college, et cetera. And I said, no, when I graduated from this school for handicapped children in the eighth grade, when I went to high school, Lincoln High School in Jersey City, they wouldn't let me take gym because of the school I went to. Uh, so anyway, uh, they didn't believe it. So they contacted the school, and sure enough, the school verified everything. And uh, then the school found out about me, and they asked me to be the extension exercise speaker. And what a wonderful experience that was, uh, Ray. I hope you don't mind me rambling on here. No, I'm. You know, I please do. I'm, I think I'm. I'm very excited to hear about this more. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so anyway, I, I had the important people in my life show up. Uh, my mom, dad, uh, grandmother, uh, wife, naturally, and Barb and I. And uh, my four children, and I took them around to the school, and they saw children uh, making beds, learning how to make beds without arms, and different things like that. So, uh, you know, they saw what it, would, what it was like today for, for handicapped children. So this is why a lot of them are very uh, instrumental uh, uh, in the handicap movement. Uh, but one of the things I, I, I tried to express to the uh, uh, uh families that were out there, the parents, was how important it is to make decisions. And I said, what would you do if a doctor told you to give your son a medication that he, he took it and just sat there and did nothing, was so lethargic, couldn't even think. Mm-hmm. But the shape, 
but the shaking stopped. I said, would you make a decision to say to yourself, I'd rather have a shaking, shaking child that was able to communicate and think versus one that did nothing and just mm-hmm. sat there? Well, let me introduce you to that woman that made that decision. Wow. And uh, so, I mean, it. Boy, I'm losing it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, you know, I mean, overcoming adversity and, and handicap. You know, I mean, that's uh, you know, but the power of the mind. Again, I truly believe, you know, how uh, powerful our mind to overcome anything. But you got to start using it. And that's the key. I always say, you know, nothing happens by itself. You know, everything on purpose, everything comes with awareness, everything takes action, take, you know, visual, visualization. I'm, I'm a big fan of visualization. Can you visualize yourself being, you know, uh, well and not handicapped? Can you see yourself, you know, doing everything else like every other child without thinking about your handicap? And you can overcome. You can pretty much overcome anything. And, and the power of the mind you know, I mean, like, of course, I can go on and on some of the books that I've read. You know, I mean, of course, Bruce Lipton. Uh, um, oh, my God. I can't even think of the word of the book now that I've read. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Power Versus Forces. You know, I mean, it's all really back to, like, how powerful our mind is. And we can pretty much overcome any any problems, any adversity, any uh, um, issues in our life as long as we're willing to take that step as long as, long as we're willing to, to make that move and move forward. Because I will say, we say that over and over on this show, life moves on. So either you move it forward, and if you're not, you suddenly, you're not standing still, you are moving backward. So it's really just up to each one of us. Um, but um, what I wanted to talk about, you know, I mean, obviously I, I scheduled the show or I described my title of the show was The Art of Listening. And uh, I, I wanted to touch on that with you because I know you, you spoke, you are a keynote speaker, you're a very um, uh, well-known speaker. Why, why is this so, so important to actually, I, I want to, before I even ask you the question, I, I heard something and I want to quote that. And, and it was say, listening is a profession that has to be learned. Do you agree with that? Uh, I, I I don't believe it has to be learned. I believe that it is learned, and and it it, it happens uh, within all of us. Uh, as long as we we're in today's lifestyle, right? We're I mean you know I I went to New York last few days, like I said, picking up my granddaughter and then dropping her off, and then we had dinner down in Soho last night and all like that. And I'll tell you something, everybody running around like crazy. I mean, you know, the, the stress levels, mm-hmm. I felt were so high and everything. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we've gone through the, uh, the various stress levels of individuals where the art of listening uh, uh, is almost lost only because uh, we're, we're in such a rush lifestyle. Whereas the individual that would take the time, especially in business, the time to listen to what their customer says, their customer will give them such invaluable information. Absolutely. 
I mean, it's just unbelievable. And also, anybody, uh, any listener out there that, that uh, I mean, uh, in any aspect of their life, can miss it. Absolutely. Uh, with their children, that it's a it's a very difficult thing because we go through life thinking we know more than our kids do, mm-hmm. and, and and don't don't waste my time with telling me different things, you know. Whereas if we just sat down and listened, it could give us valuable information on the, what our child is all about, uh, and it could be with spouses, it could be with anything. So any aspect of life, it's important to learn the art of listening, and all it basically is is being attuned to what somebody is saying and you not saying anything but listening. Listen more with your ears than your mouth. That's difficult for some people. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I have to tell you, my, uh, um, I come from a corporate background, corporate sales. That's my background. And, uh, you know, I worked for some of the biggest companies out there and I know I had to learn that it wasn't easy for me but one of the advantages that I had it was the language right so I learned English by listening that was my advantage because I remember when I actually got accepted you know to go to college um, one of the things that they did because I had to go through some you know being a um, exchange student at the time you know some testing and, and taking some international student um, testing and stuff like that and they said I was the most unusual student they ever had and the reason being because I was verbally you know like I can like communicate better because I've learned to listen to the language versus speaking it you know uh, I mean versus like you know writing and reading and stuff like that but one of the things that you know that I used to struggle with like I wanted to get my 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 uh, um uh, my information cross, right? So I'm like, I'm constantly trying to like say, say, you know, like I wanted to say that when I started my corporate sales, you know, as as a, as a, an outside sales professional, and and that worked against me. And I had to learn that in order for me to know what my clients, my potential clients need, I have to listen, and I have to ask one question first. And tell them why am I here? What can I help you with? And I know you emphasize on that because I've heard you, you know, speaking on some of the, you know, the recording I've listened to you, and in your book. But it is really important. And when you start to learning, when you start building that muscle, <laughs> I have to call it. It's something that you have to build, you know, up to it. Because I'm talking from my personal, you know, and, and professional ex- ex- experience as uh, coming from a sales background. If you don't listen to your customers, they're not going to want to listen to you. That is so true. That is so true, Reed. Yeah, you know, the whole thing that, uh, 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 yeah, you know, you go to a- anywhere, whether it's a dentist, the doctor's office, uh, very rarely do they really listen to what you're saying. Uh, you know, and, and a doctor, what does a doctor do? He treats uh, symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh it was funny. I, I was listening to a radio program the other day about losing weight, and uh, 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 the uh, individual had said that losing weight uh, was really uh, something that uh, 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 you could do with a certain uh, medication drug. So they're they're treating uh, uh, something. Medication, you know, which all everything has side effects and 
more side effects as, as time goes on. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's just a, I, I find very rarely anywhere I go that the business owner or medical professional or whatever it might be really listens to what you're saying. They'll so, verbalize with you just for conversation. Right. But, but they're not really listening. Yeah, especially you go to a dentist's office. He wants to talk to you when there's when three things in your mouth. <laughs> You know, I, that's amazed me because I shared something with you before the show, and I want to like you know share it here on the air. Um, you know, it, it it's really true because that happens all the time, like you know, like in the medical field, right? So I had to take my son to um uh, to see a doctor yesterday, and my son had some questions that he wanted to ask the doctor because he's having a surgery um on his eye, and uh, um it it literally I timed it because I've heard like how long would it take for the doctor to interrupt him before he gets his, you know, his answer out. It was 18 seconds before the doctor starts to say something. And I found that to be, you know, you didn't listen. You did not listen. So, and then, you know, we're trying to ask a few questions. I mean, my son is young and, you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a major thing for, for a little kid to have, you know, something like that being operated on it, even though for older, you know, um, uh, someone who's older and adult, it would not have been, you know, that big deal because it's outpatient surgery and everything. But, you know, we want to make sure we know everything. But he kept, like, interrupting. I was like, hello, are you listening? <laughs> you know? And that happens, you know, like, we, we checked in, the same thing, you know, it's like the receptionist is like, like, you know, part of it is also the customer service. What kind of customer service do we offer? It doesn't matter what kind of business that you are in. you got to care about, you know, your customers because without them, you will have no business. And I think if each one of us really stand up to that, we will have more people listening. We have more people really thinking about, you know, is that really true? How important is that? you know, to build, you know, whether on the personal level or on the professional level, you know, to build that clientele, to build, you know, I mean, with you having nearly half a million customers, you probably know more than I do, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, building, you know, that number of customers. What is it that, I mean, I know one of the things that I heard you saying, and I, 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 want, I want to touch on that, but what do you think is the, is the secret to having well, that uh, many customers? I'm if, if I if I could say this, uh, that I, I I really feel that it's because they always treated every customer as you would treat a dear friend. In other words, you wouldn't do any harm to an, to, to your dear friend. Therefore, you want to do the best that you possibly can to your customer in treating them as a dear friend. That's true. And that's me. Uh, is is, uh, is the only answer I really can give, and, that, and as a result, it, it, it created a lifelong customer. And and I know I'm gonna, I'm going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk about your um, talking about the law of uh, reciprocity. Is that how you say it? You know yeah. where you okay? So awesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know I always still struggle with your word. I actually have to break them down to pronounce them right. So maybe you can help me when we get back. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. 
Are you ready to put an end of thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Okay, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to the show live, archived, and, of course, for downloading on iTunes. I just want to remind you, if you have any questions for my guest today, we are speaking with uh, guest author Ken Varga. Um, I'm sorry, I pronounced the name wrong. And uh, um, we are talking about the art of listening, and we also talking about how um, the basic, like you know, uh, things that you know in our, our life, how we can really implement them, and and personally and professionally to kind of you know gain more clients. And uh, Ken has over close to nearly half a million of customers, and he's been so successful um, for a long, long time. And uh, some of the books that that he had written. Um, well, uh, I'm sorry. Let me go back to the to the uh, to the book. Um, how to uh, how to say? Help me out, Kim. I lost the book. How to capture the mind of your customer and get them to say yes, and how to get customers to call, buy, and beg for more. So before uh, the break, uh, Ken, uh, we I wanted to ask you about the. Um, I heard you talking about the law of reciprocity. Is that guys? Is that correct? Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Okay. Can you tell me what do you mean by that? Why is it so important? Well, if if, if all of your listeners uh, just think about this a minute, when somebody gives them a gift, don't they feel obligated to return the gift in kind? Mm-hmm. That's the law of reciprocity. And it can be used in many, many aspects. Uh, uh, the gift of conversation to a child, uh, the gift of communication, uh, in my situation, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, I, when I consult with uh, companies, um, uh, I, I oftentimes implement various strategies. And one of them is, is to offer. I have a, an ebook called "121 Marketing Tips" uh, that I offer as a free gift. And uh, uh, what they do is they they offer the, the same book as a free gift. Uh, and they, they'll send out a, uh, an email message saying, a good friend of mine, Ken Varga, wrote a book, 121 Marketing Tips. I found it to be so valuable. Uh, I asked him if I could give you a copy of it. He said, yes, just go to this link and download it. Uh, but the important part is the ending. It says, let me know what you think of it. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the process of selling, uh, uh, of, of building a, a customer or what have you, you don't want to sell. You want to develop and build a relationship. And the way you do and then to wait until the prospect opens the door to allow you into their uh, uh, area. So if you if you set, communicate with them in a relationship basis, uh, in fact, I found that if you communicate with a, 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 the same list of 100 people once a month for six months, 68% will become your client or customer, all right, uh, at the end of six months. That's great. Uh, 
And it's yeah, and it's only because of the the way you're communicating. So it could be you saw an article in a newspaper about health, and you just copy and paste it and send it off in an email saying, I don't know if you saw the latest article in the Asbury Park Press about how to keep healthy, but here it is. Let me know what you think about it. And and it's just waiting for them to contact you now and to mm-hmm. say, I thought it was really great, the article, or the book was fascinating, et cetera, et cetera. And now you're developing that. Now they're allowing you into their space. So now you can tell them how you can help them. Right. And that's, 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 that's what it basically is. But it's, it's giving a gift. And when you do that again, everybody feels obligated to give a gift back in kind. I mean, I agree with you to to an extent because I, I you know, I, I'm I don't think people most of the time really kind of return the uh, <laughs> return it all the time. It's not all the time. Some people do, and and that's that's great. But uh, um, unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. But I think you know one of the things that you you um, brought to point, which is it's it's a great point, is the fact you know give your customers what like a valuable. I think adding value. You know that's the key. You know what it, what you can offer them is it's uh, information that can help them, and they can make that decision based on that information. Like when you talk about health, you know you you point out an article that would be specific to that person, you know, uh, or maybe like a situation that they you know could be a really really um, a beneficial for them to learn more about it. And when you offer that, you add in value, and therefore that person wanna be you know. Uh, your clients, right? Want to be your customers because it's like, oh, you know, this this is great, you know. And versus, you know, we always focusing on the selling, 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 selling part, and we really forget about, you know, adding value. I think that's, you know, that's like, that's what I get out of it. I, you know, please uh, correct me if I'm I'm uh, I'm wrong. Oh yeah, the gift the gift itself, if it doesn't provide value, it's all meaningless. Because then, then you will never have the law of reciprocity where an individual feels obligated to, to treat you in kind. Right, absolutely, and that's that's the key. I mean, you know, obviously, what you uh, what you just mentioned, and I just wanted to let uh, to let our listener know that they can go to your website at www.kenvarga.com. That's V as in Victor, A as in Apple, R as in Robert, G as in George, A as in Apple. dot com. And you can download his ebook from there. Is that correct, um, Ken? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. All right. We want everybody to go there and, and visit the site. Um, I mean, to visit your website. Um, and 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 one of the things that I um that I also wanted to ask you, as far as you know, uh, to to exceed the expectation. I know you focus on that. I mean, what you know, taking that extra. How is how important is that to, for us to to do? I mean, I think it, that goes across the board, not just on the business level. It goes in the per, in the personal level as well, right? Are we willing to yeah. do that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Ray, I again, being seventy years old, I've seen a lot coming wrong around the bend and what have you over the years. And and one of the things that I'm finding is that uh, for some odd reason, uh, this generation just does enough to get by. Yeah. Uh, they just don't go that extra. Now, not everybody. I don't want to generalize and say everybody, because I, I I see exceptional people also, 
but I see too many of them that are just there and and doing what is enough to be done. And and maybe a lot has to do with uh, they're in occupations that they're not having fun at, that they're not enjoying. But they have to be in that obligation in order to meet the obligation that they themselves have created. Not that somebody else created for them, but they themselves created. Right. And they, they, stick, they stick to this mundane uh, job, and, uh, and, and as a result, uh, they're very unhappy individuals, and they just do what is uh, needed uh, to get by, uh, uh, unfortunately. You know, and uh, so anyway, I, I, I'm sorry for ranting and raving about that, and my apologies. No, because I, I mean, you're making a, a great, you know, uh, point here. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm trying to, you know, to, to uh, uh, take on the poetry. I take notes where I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with my guests as well. So, um, but that's a great point, and I think, you know, one of the key points here is really to learn again to listen to listen, to listen, to listen, and hear what is needed from your clients. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, like, how do you actually retain um, clients and keep them for, for for a long time? What is some of the secrets, you know, or not, they're not secrets, well, some of the good tips that you have um, used successfully in, in your business? Well, I, I could boil it down, basically. Uh, the most important one is consistently communicating Mm-hmm. With your customer client, you know, you know what what always astounds me. Uh, uh, since my four children no longer live here, uh, Barb and I uh, uh, go out maybe two or three times a week to eat, and 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 we frequent the same restaurants over and over and over, and yet not one restaurant has ever ever collected the database of their clientele of their customers. Wow. I mean, that's the only way you're going to communicate with your customers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, uh, your listeners could see this here. No matter where they shop, mm-hmm. very rarely do they collect their data. And, is it because and, and, they don't and, care? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but is it because they don't care? I'm sure they care, but why is it? Why does that, like, just kind of, you know, overall... Pass them, you know, and not really. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. They don't care as much as the, they maybe don't realize the value mm-hmm. of a database, right. the value of consistently communicating with their customer and client. And if they realize the value of consistently communicating with their client, then they would know. In order to do that, they would need database software uh, that would help them to communicate on a consistent basis with their uh, uh, client and, and customer. Uh, but I think it's just basically that, Lubria. I, 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 I can't put any handle on it other than that. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the wait, waiters and waitresses know and, and remember us and say hi and all like that. But uh, there's so much that can be done more from a marketing viewpoint uh, if they had that database. And and uh, it's it's very important and very critical to a business owner uh, to make that happen. And and uh, I, I guess you know most people say like, well, you know, I mean, we we have enough. Uh, I mean, I've heard that saying is like, well, I don't really need any more clients. Well, can you afford to lose any? 
I mean, you have, you know, built nearly about half a million customers throughout the years, and I'm sure you value each one of those customers, and they would not have stayed with you for as many, you know, for uh, for as long as they have if you not had, you know, made them feel valuable. So that's really important. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. And the way that, that you get that message out to them is by communicating with them. I mean, I used to I used to send out at least a million pieces of mail a month, and this is this is before the internet era. <laughs> right. Whereas today today it's so easy with emails. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. with, with your customer to push them a button. Right. Uh, but but it's, and it's also uh, when I say communicating, it's not always to try to sell something. Uh, I, I, I tried uh, to teach individuals uh, once you've got that database that this, uh, you could have it automatically set up where an email goes out a week before someone's birthday and, and, and it just simply says, I know I'm early, but I wanted to be one of the first to wish you a happy birthday. You know, I heard you saying something that kind of like just kind of came to my mind, actually. Like I said, most of the time, well, my show is never scripted. I mean, I have a few things that I write down, but I always, things just pop up in my head. Um, obviously, you, you know, you have done, run a, a very successful insurance business. And one of the things that came to my mind right now, uh, the fact is, when was the last time you heard from your agent <laughs> when it's renewal time. Why do people wait? You know, because, and that's what I, it really, we have absolutely no connection with our agents because it's just like, I call them when I actually need something. But I, I mean, it, to me, it's like, I don't feel like they really care. You know, because it's like, okay, you know, we have you and, and that's all that matters. And, and uh, the only time we hear from them when it's time to renew. It's it's not only in the insurance industry, Leah. It's 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 industry itself. It doesn't matter if it's a restaurant or store, no matter what it is. But I mean, when I talk about communicating, I mean, I I used to send letters out uh, for for virtually almost every holiday. But my letter basically said, I just wanted to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. It just didn't say that. It said, I, I don't know if you know the history of Valentine's Day. But this is what it's all about, how it started, et cetera. Oh, right. uh, I mean, I, you know, so I mean, it, it, and, and uh, uh, so I mean, it, it wasn't communicating. Uh, the, you know, there's times when a business owner could have a special sale or what have you. That's different. But it's the communicating without selling that creates a bond between the business and the customer. You keep repeating this over and over, and I hope our listener gets that communication. That's that's really the key, you know, making sure that you're constantly communicating with your customers or even, you know, um, to gain new customers, I think, you know. And, and you talk about, be, you know, uh, having your customer being your best advocate um, and how important that is. I mean, I know, like, in my sales career, I used to go to my clients that I you know, provided like an excellent service, and I was try to 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 go the extra step for for my clients. And when I when I used to like you know get hammered, you know, with with projection and people saying no to me, I used to go to my clients, the ones that they know how good I am, and ask them to tell me, what is it that you like about me? Why why do you think you know I'm I'm a good uh, um, salesperson, or why do I provide you with good customer service and stuff like that? And they were not had said something positive about me if I, you know, if I didn't, I didn't make them my best advocates. 
And you say that's really important, too. It definitely is. It definitely is. Yeah, you know, your your greatest salesmen are your customers. Yeah. You know, big, well, big businesses spend millions and millions of dollars in, in revenue, for, uh, uh, in salary for salespeople, when in essence, your customer is there and it's your best salesman in the world. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so important. You know, one of the things that uh, a lot of businesses do is just take things for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sad. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, it's not just in business, in life, in general. People always take things for granted, and uh, um, and that's what I mentioned. You know, like, you not- know, if I if I could leave your listeners uh, uh, with one thought, is we all go through life taking things for granted. Uh, you know, uh, even though I was there constantly and consistently uh, for my mom and dad, I, you know, taking them to uh, doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, we, I still took it for granted that they were going to be here forever, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden they're gone. And it's something you could never get back. You know, I would pay a million dollars to hear my mom's voice again. And and one of the things that I would love for your listeners to, to do this and learn from this. One of the things I did when my grandmother died was I told all my cousins, I says, why don't we interview, uh, you got to understand uh, where I come from, though. Uh, uh, my mom and dad came from Czechoslovakia, and uh, uh, every year I had an aunt and uncle come over and live with us. Uh, so when my grandmother died, and my grandmother was the last to come over, by the way, and when she had passed away, I asked my cousins, I said, why don't you interview, uh, we had cassettes back then, interview your, your parents, about their memories of uh, Baba, we called her, uh, as, as they were growing up. Well, I'm the only one that was that did it. So I have about a hundred hours. I'm sorry, not a hundred hours. Maybe about eight hours. It, it, it was like uh, I don't know how many cassettes. Uh, my son transferred it to digitally. Uh, Kenny, he, he's got a, a recording studio with. Uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where he records bands and all like that, and and uh, he he put it all down, downloaded it all on my iPad, uh, uh, so I'm I, I'm able to listen when I'm on a beach to my mother's voice, and you know like I answer many questions and all like that, and you know here I am laughing on a beach and and somebody comes over to me and says, why are you laughing? Are you are you listening to something funny? And I says, yeah, my mother. Because uh, one of the questions I asked her is, what are her memories of my father when she first met him? And her answer, uh, don't forget, my, my mom was 16 when she came over from Slovakia and went to work in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, uh, cleaning house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 uh, so my question was, well, what are your first memories of meeting Dad? And she says, uh, you know, he's six years older than me, and for about five years he kept trying desperately to get me into the back seat of that car, and I wouldn't do it. I had a head on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would be laughing about that on a beach, and somebody would come over and ask me, what am I laughing about? And that's so the I thought. Mean, if I could, yeah, if I could uh, 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 give a, a, a suggestion to all your listeners, 
is to start in interviewing so that you'll have these as great memories later in life after your loved one is gone right. uh, 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 to listen to consistently. And it's it's something that I see very rarely happen. I hear individuals all the time say, I wish I could hear my mother's voice again, my father's voice again, etc. cetera. Uh, so I, I would highly suggest uh, to your listening audience to do that. And, and and don't take things for granted. Learn to appreciate things, you know, and appreciate the people that come in your life, uh, whether your clients or, or, or a loved one in your life or just friends or family, anyone that you come in contact with. I think it's really important. And, and I practice ritual of uh, every day, every morning, actually, and before we go to bed, it's to run through what I'm grateful for. My gratitude is I, I, I do um, that literally every single day and I, I practice conscious awareness of what I'm grateful for and I think conscious awareness of my existence and, and specifically why am I here for and 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 one of the things that I think we both share is the fact that you know we are here to be in service we are here to make a difference and I want to quote what you said here um, in fighting here, uh, Ken says, love and work is one thing. Love in life, family, neighbors, friends, your community, country, and the world is yet another thing. You have to feel yourself a part of something greater than your world of work and success, success it offers you. To be completely successful, you need to make a real contribution to society. And I really do appreciate what you said here because that really resonates with me because that's truly what I'm all about. And I feel, I hope, you know, our listeners did get something positive out of the show today, and I know they did. Um, you you brought a lot of great points, and I, I wish the show was a lot longer because there's so many questions I have written here that I really wanted to ask you. Um, but I would hope to have you back on the show again, Ken. Would you be my guest again? <laughs> Oh, I would just absolutely love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really would. Oh, it was it was really truly a pleasure having you. What a great uh, treat uh, to be speaking with you and learning from you. And and I hope our listener again had uh, learned something. Just want to remind you all: this show will be archived after we go off the air, and you can also download it on iTunes. And I do appreciate you do- you do that, and it's free. So take advantage of it. You know, we don't know how long it's going to be free. So it's free on iTunes in the podcast section. So all you have to do is uh, put either my name, Coach Rhea, in the search, um, or um, Rhea Wilkie, which is my full name. And either way, you will find me. You'll find all my podcasts, all my shows, and you can download the one of your choice. And I really appreciate that. Can any last thought to leave us with that, you know, uh, that you'd like to share with us as far as... Um, you know, how to uh, create a, a nice formula, you know, to, to, to gain more clients, hopefully, and, and to be more successful in life. Well, you know, one of the things that I always, I hear too often, uh, and again, you know, you, uh, your listeners have to forgive me because of my age, I've listened and heard a lot, uh, is in, I, I always hear individuals saying, I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have done that. Uh, it's to me, it's decisions that were never made. So whenever you, you've got to make a decision, make it, and then live with it. Mm-hmm. Because later in life, you're going to wish you did make the decision. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I would like to just leave that with everybody. I think, that. yeah, that's a great thing, thoughts, because, you know, you know, take a chance. You know, I, 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 I guess if you don't, I always say, if you don't, you don't try and take that chance, you would never know, right, what the outcome is. So at least take that step, take that chance, and, and, and you know, and, and just follow up. Always follow up. Follow up with yourself. Follow up with everybody. And, and, and stay amazing because you are amazing. Remember, each one of us has the power, you know, within us to really create the life we deserve to live. It's really all up to us. So make that choice. Make that right choice for you and for those people, for those around you. So, again, you know, um. That's all I want to say. Till next time, my friend. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Ken, again. It is really, truly is my pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. My pleasure also. Till next time. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.